clinical Up. clinical Up. clinical population population clinical population population clinical population hi everybody my name's gabby i'm grant i'm allison and welcome to clinical populations <laughs> introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy and today we have a very special guest dr hakeem leonard Woo! Yay! <laughs> How are you doing, Hakeem? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. It's great to be on this show that, uh, you know, it's it's like the best music therapy podcast. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> that that's a bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> it's bold, but uh, I mean, it's 20, it's 2020. If I mean, everything is bold in 2020. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Murdering hornets and coronavirus. Yeah. I know. Uh, everything's bold. Hakeem, <laughs> um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your music and music therapy journey? Yes. Um, so I was born and right now I'm just kidding. Um, I'm from, <laughs> I was born in Michigan and raised in Georgia. And I, come on. Come on. Then. <laughs> I went to, you know, I was doing music, you know, like a lot of us were back in the day. And then I went to Morehouse College, uh, majored mm-hmm. in instrumental performance saxophone. Um, and then I had this, you know, crisis or this, you know, not a midlife crisis, but, uh, you know, a young man's crisis. Like, what am I going to do? I don't want to be a music educator. I don't want to be a, a performer. I want to help people up close. And then, so that's when I had the the aha epiphany moment of like, oh, this is music therapy and I can do so many diverse uh, things as part of this. And uh, so then I was like, what's the two best schools? And I, I was like, oh, NYU and FSU. That, that's what I thought at the time. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Not, and then so I was like, and then it's like, yeah, I'm going to FSU. So I went there, did my uh, grad equivalency, worked uh, and owned a business for a while, then came back, did my PhD. Um, but clinically, uh, in doing that business, you know, I did a private practice, did a lot of, you know, older adult, um, early childhood, school settings, um, but also juvenile justice and 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 group homes, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm pretty well-rounded, but that could also be like that you're not really great at anything, you know? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's like, all right, how sharp is my Swiss army knife, right? Is it kind of dull? I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of different things um, and then did research in medical and, and rehab and things like that. But um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a little bit about my music therapy background and also, I think related to what we're going to talk about today, I also dabbled in a lot of music production stuff um, outside of music therapy, just for my own like hobby and growth, you know? And so I think that, I don't know if that is something that y'all experience or people that y'all have talked to, but you know, that kind of with music therapy education, there's things that we necessarily didn't learn as part of this education, but then we kind of brought it, brought it our own stuff into music therapy, and now we're putting it all together. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we talk about that often <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> oh, really? okay. Bringing in the bringing the tech side that um, not all of us were able to learn in our education. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least like in a way that's representative of what it actually is. <laughs> you know, we yeah. uh, like we get really 
you know, we focus a lot, especially in the certain models on more classical musical traditions. And, you know, everybody that we're working with now is more into like more modern forms of composition that we don't get a chance to really mm-hmm. do <laughs> like in an undergrad setting, especially. So, right. Right. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, maybe that's hopefully that's changing in some programs. I know our program. I don't want to. This is not time to plug our program at Shenandoah Shenandoah University in in Winchester, Virginia. But, um, (laughs) you know, we we are integrating that very much into our new curriculum. So and and I know we're not the only one. So hopefully that is starting to change. Yes. Much Mm. needed. Yeah. Um, so this song that we're about to listen to, uh, you produced it yourself and wrote it yourself? Yes. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, we are going to take a listen to Nice Negro and hope you guys enjoy. the right ones what a diverse space nicely grow you make me feel safe not like those other ones you've got such a friendly face i see your exotic melodic yo i feel safe and hypnotic i like my coffee with cream so drop some of that dollop What's unspoken is how as a nice negro you spare us from looking deep within Bring prejudice to awareness I got friends, they not looked at as that negro nice Their blackness is a weapon, their actions are a vice It's like we splice old mindsets with fresh vignettes Stories still consist of people of color being vet as outsiders As others, ain't no tapestry of colors It's a liquid reduction, a process of deduction And of course in this milking pot there's knots and odds Be a nice negro, somebody worthy of this plot As it thickens, it's formulaic Whiteness, our rightness, the merit and the fit They depend on your politeness It's still a myth, cause that nice negro is an exception To a unwritten rule of our cultural condition Nice negro You're welcome in this place We've gotta have the right one What a diverse space Nicely grow You make me feel safe Not like those other ones You've got such a friendly face Nicely grow Nicely grow Nicely grow Nicely grow We initially thought you might be Big, black, and scary But you ain't none of that Quite to the contrary You're one of us Even better You're a nicely grow If we become fast friends My prejudice on zero You're a hero to your race Unicorn, unique You're the evidence that we got diversity in this place If we have a culture problem, let's find a solution As long as we agree, then we'll have our absolution Academic, in the clinic, your research, come on and mimic This will, let's spin it when we talk about difference I don't see color, that's my championship belt Bring a little of yourself, but not enough to be deeply felt Those other minorities, they just weren't the right ones They didn't seem to fit but we got some more fun So we'll throw some money at it But we'll still stay static Maybe slightly to move the needle If we find the right Negro Nice Negro You're welcome in this place We've gotta have the right ones What a diverse place Nice Negro You make me feel safe not like those other ones 
you got such a friendly face Nice Negro Nice Negro Nicely grown Nicely grown And that was Nice Negro. Hakeem, can you tell us a little bit about the background behind the song? Yeah. Um, so I think I was going through a lot of things um and this is like where I'm like oh what what do I say about this cuz I was going through a lot of things in the workplace um where there seemed to be a marginalization of colleagues uh black colleagues and and, and people of color um and these this marginalization seemed to happen by their students and then by other colleagues and then um, some lack of support uh, by um, the by I don't want to say the institution, but elements of the institution. Um, if I can be as nebulous as possible, um, but <laughs> um, so you know, this wasn't something that was just in my mind, but this is something that you know I kind of investigated. I investigated what was going on with my colleagues um, and how you know. So, I mean, I think one of the things, if I, I mean, I'm going to try to give a little bit of example, but, you know, when somebody comes in and they, you know, their, their intent is to keep them there, but then as, as a faculty member, but then something happens and they, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person is not a fit for our culture, which is like, I don't know if y'all heard, like, know this type of terminology, but it's kind of like coded racial, racial, racist language, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like you can just brand somebody that they're not a fit. Um, and, and it mm-hmm. kind of fits with certain tropes of, you know, an angry black woman or, or uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, like a black man and, 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 and dangerous or, or this type of thing. And, um, or somebody who's not who's not easy to work with because they want to confront uh, things in the in the environment that may be racist or uh, that happen with students or things like that, and then the, the, their other faculty and and colleagues are like, oh no, you know this is fine. That was you know that's that was just a isolated event type thing, and so like all all these things happen. And kind of put me into a type of disillusionment. Um, And then, you know, I start reflecting on my life. Uh, I remember when I was in my first two days of high school, I was suspended from high school, by the way. Um, But I was also in the gifted program, like where all the quote unquote smart people are. So I I remember going to school on day three and they were like, oh, man, we thought, you know, because your name was Hakeem and you were suspended that you were some big, scary black guy. But you're not scary at all. You know, so (laughs) they were like, oh, you're not scary at all. You know, and I was like, I don't know whether to take that as an improv, but um, I kind of want to be scary to you right now. But um but I don't know. It's like that that understanding of me always being this quote unquote nice Negro because maybe I was more light skinned than some other people, or I, you know, I I'm gregarious. I smile a lot. You know, I don't do it for show. It's just who I am. But because of that, I think you know, white people and other people think I'm more approachable or something like that. Then. And I've got friends who are maybe dark skin and bigger and bald head and 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 they don't smile as much and they're looked at as a threat, you know, when that's not the case. Um, so, you know, it was kind of the, all these collective experiences of what was going on at work. My reflections on like my experience of being thought of as a safe black person um, and then like 
like the, the, the things that my friends would go through and things like that. Um, so I think it was that whole collection of things that led me to want to write this song. And, and then, you know, the, the, the message behind nice Negro too is like, you know, you would think, Oh, like, Oh, I'm, am I, does that mean I'm excited to be called a nice Negro? No, it's like, you're talking, you're telling me I'm some exceptional black person that, you know, that I'm not trying to be tokenized, you know, and, and it's actually, it's still right. It's like even more racism because, you know, like you're telling me, oh, well, you're not like these other black people. So, you know, you're just an exception to like to every other black person as normal. And so I'm like, you know, that's not a compliment, you know. So, you know, those were a few of my kind of reflections kind of going into it. Yeah. In the uh, in the chorus, there is one line or refrain whatever you want to call it um there's this one line where you say what a diverse space <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and i giggled so hard at that <laughs> because it's like oh here's one person of color here we go right. <laughs> like making it diverse and like is that really what diversity is yeah i mean you could yeah. i mean that line can go so many ways yeah so mm-hmm. i'm glad that it you know resonated with you mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean i don't know you know i think what the experience that happened at the job you know because we always talk about racism in this overt way and we talk about it as like conservative Republican type people, but um, like that just opened my eyes to like liberal people who, you know, I mean, in this case, we're white people, but like, like they can easily perpetuate racism, you know, and um, and so it's not this dichotomy of liberal and conservative when we're talking about racism and 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 just because people speak the language of diversity doesn't mean you know that you're welcome you know and and people that look like you are welcome you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah for for me when i was listening to it i mean the first thing i wrote down was you know the white savior complex and you know this privilege that you know quote unquote well we feel like you fit and i was just curious to kind of get your your um, thoughts on on that and does that even relate to kind of what you were experiencing or um, I think it's something important for the younger listeners to understand um, so I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that yeah I think um, I think first and foremost I wrote the song for myself and to process you know what I was going through and also to to kind of say that to have a representation of blackness uh that doesn't all look the same you know and um so you know there are a lot of black people that have the experiences that I have and then there's black people that have different experiences so I think that was important so I didn't write the song for white people and I don't think that's what you're saying no, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it does reflect on kind of a white saviorship in a way, um, that, I don't know. I think there's people that put themselves into a space of, I don't know. It's like, you know, you, you have black friends and you, you're open to black people, but you're not open to black people's stories and black people's expressions in a, in a wide breadth uh, of mm-hmm. way, you know? So, um, so I think it does, it, it speaks maybe, I don't know if it's a white saviorship, but it definitely speaks towards a, a centering of, mm-hmm. of, of certain white persons, you know, the, the centering of whiteness um, yeah. and, and how, Blackness is marginalized um, in with with that being centered, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering too, um, especially since 
songs that kind of go well since this song particularly goes into that type of uh more of a vulnerable space for you what was the not what was the thought what was it like when you decided to share the song like instead of just keeping it for yourself as a process like what Mm -hmm. inspired you to want to share this and put it out there Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i mean i think at first I didn't share it for, I mean, I shared it with a few people. Uh, I didn't share it to the, to the masses and by masses, I mean on Facebook, but <laughs> I didn't share it. I didn't share it to the masses for over a year, but I think at that point I was actually, you know, I was going through cancer at that point too. Um, and then I was recover. I was uh, recovering and so I don't know, I was just in a different space of reflection and, um, and you know, I, not that I wasn't owning my truth before, because I think I was, but I was in a different place of just letting that be heard and, and trying to, um, I don't know, just, exp- I don't know. I mean, I was just trying to reclaim my, my expression and my, my personhood and, this is something that I had already done. And I just, at that point, I just kind of thought it was time, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember when you first uh, shared it on Facebook, I, <laughs> I read it and immediately went to the link. It's like, I just got to listen to this and figure out like what's going on. I got, like, I want to know. Um, and hearing it the first time and then, like having some time in between the initial listening and listening for for this episode, like how much of it like I've been able to relate to. Mm. So like for me, I appreciate it personally because it's something that like I do have like a lot of relation to, and, like it resonates with me too. Yeah. And then in terms of like, I guess like within the sharing aspect, one of the things that I have come across like in my own personal journey with like sharing and writing music is being able to navigate when does that narrative need to be shared and like should i share my narrative um and it's it's something that like being part of uh conversations like this it's really great to have those opportunities to like engage and have that dialogue plus at a certain degree like how much i don't want to use the word safety but how much security are you willing to risk by putting this narrative out there right having your vulnerability be exposed yeah as opposed to you know other opportunities to engage in this like critical critique and stuff yeah yeah so so i guess uh that means that you're making art constantly grant and you're trying (laughs) you're trying to after drops tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) It's like I am on my Beyonce grind. It's gonna come out of nowhere. <laughs> Self-titled. <laughs> yeah. You know, this doesn't have to do with the song necessarily, but I just go on a tangent right quick because, you know, I remember, you know, I was I had been working on like Logic Pro and I and GarageBand, and I remember, you know, Mike Viega and, and, and Alex Crook and maybe Elliot gone too, but they were like, oh yeah, you need to get, uh, you need to get Ableton live. I'm like, what do you mean, man? I mean, and then I said, this thing is $800, man. This thing is, (laughs) 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 but, (laughs) but then, but then I, you know, I got the school to pay for it, but anyway, and then then after that, I was like, yeah, yeah, I gotta make a, I gotta make you know, let me let me break break out this uh, Ableton and 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 so that was it. it kind of intersected with me just getting Ableton live and and then other music therapy people saying, Hakeem, you should get this. And I remember um, actually, there's a you know, there's that part in the song where in the chorus and you hear that right. that's that's actually the the micro chord thing and then I, I remember Mike telling me to to you know yeah you need to get this too and I remember so like I used a lot of those uh things that we had talked about uh that are we always that we talk about music therapy about this you know beat making and things so um mm-hmm. that was that's an interesting thing too as far as teaching technology and and act you know thinking about how we create these songs so yeah 
So what all did you use to make it? Make uh, I did it in Ableton Live. I used the Ableton Push. That That's the one that's very expensive, but, you know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it's so good, though. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day, one day I will have one. Not now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a privileged man working for a university, <laughs> but um, no, seriously. But um, and then the micro Korg, um, of course, I use an acoustic guitar. I mean, that's that's actually a thing too. I don't know how. I know some of y'all like to record, but like I I like to make hip hop and R and B, but include like the guitar in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, cause it really gives it that that grounded, earthy sound, and I'm like, so I like to always. I mean, not that all my songs are gonna have that, but like, like now we're talking about the aesthetics of of making songs, but yeah, yeah. So something I noticed, and I I wanted to get your take on it. So um, when I was listening to it, I noticed this almost. Um, I want to describe it as tension. It's it's not really tension, but in the verses, it almost feels like everything kind of tenses up and everything mm. tighter, um, ver- you know, compared to the the chorus. And I kind of wanted to get your take on that. And you know, what was that like creating that? And um, d- would you describe it that way? Um, hmm. Is it intentional? Well, I want to know. Well, what do you mean by tense? Because I I, I haven't heard that kind of a description of it so okay um, tell me what you mean yeah. so it feels like in the chorus everything is more fluid um more legato and then once you get to the verse it's everything feels very structured um mm-hmm. almost like and i'm pretty sure it's in the guitar and in this the um the little do 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 yeah 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 everything um it it it's less legato in it um right it adds, it adds this tension um Right, your, right. Your lyrics, Allison. I felt I dense is the word I would use yeah. instead of tense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess in general, you know, you know, I play around and and and, and I rap. I I you know I rap for fun. Um, I'm. I think. I, I think my gift as far as that is writing, you know, I'm not necessarily freestyling, but like, I really like to write lyrics. And um, so, you know, I think I'm really trying to let the the lyrics be heard uh, in, in the verse, Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, in, in the rap part. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I'm, you know, it's trying to, I'm really trying to find this balance of, uh, like, I don't know, like this sparseness of, you know, not, not having too, too much of, like you said, legato, you know, I want it to, to me, like that hard hitting uh, message comes when there is a lot of, you know, kind of accents, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of punch, um, and so, I mean, I think that's what I'm trying to get at yeah. uh, and, and to rap over that. And then my verses are actually, they're kind of long, um, you know, like I think I kind of have an extended, you know, it's um, Andre, <laughs> Rick Ross has a song called Six, uh, When 16 Ain't Enough, you know, with him and, and Andre 3000. And so it's like 16 bars wasn't enough for me right there. You know, so I'm like, you know, I got to I got I, I don't I don't know if y'all know that song, but actually Andre has a great one of the it's a very good verse on there. But I'm like, I, like, that's what I, I felt like. 16 ain't enough right here. So, you know, how, how can I make this music like go and be interesting and 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 where I can you know, develop it where over, you know, over time where 16, you know, I need to go farther. I need to go more, you know, and, and say this message. So I don't know. I'm just kind of vamping on what y'all said, but that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I was going to say like, as you're talking about it, one of the things that like struck out to me is, you know, the chorus itself is pretty much, a lot of like the external messaging in that sense, like especially with the lyrics. So it comes right. across as very like smooth, buttery. Yeah. Like this is what I want like to placate. This is what's, you know, palatable for us to have in this space. And then, right. and 
I, I kind of like what you said, Gabby, about like it being dense. Um, I thought of it more as, uh, and if I don't know if the words rigid, well, but where am I trying to use? I thought of it more as having more rigidity <laughs> in that sense, in terms mm. of trying to be able to navigate very rigid structures and systems, and not having yeah. the freedom to necessarily mm. um, fully embrace authentically who you are in that space. And even though, and that's what I kind of like about hearing the word play a little bit because some of the syllables like have to be shifted around a little bit to try to like this is what i want to say but i gotta mm. fit it within this which is you know that could be a musical way to like highlight code switching um, mm. you know just like yeah. having those yeah. like aspects of it so that's how i perceived it and hearing you talk about it made it a little bit yeah yeah and and now that you're talking about that i guess i did i switched i did kind of code switch without thinking about you know i'm using at certain, I'm using big words and concepts, and then I'm using, I use <laughs> slang, and you know, it's like switching back and forth, you know? Yeah. 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 I like the word rigid mm. better. I was trying, I'm like, I can't find the right word for it. I know, like, what I'm hearing, rigid is a better word. <laughs> Thanks. Mm. Yeah, I think rigid, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, disparate, uh, broken, broken, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I mean, I think I think that's what we love about hip hop. It's like um, a lot of broken uh, music uh, pieces that come together to create something cohesive, you know, like so it does naturally bring that tension, you know, mm-hmm. so I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically since we're talking about the difference between the verses and each other, each of the sections in the song, um, I noticed in, I guess the first rap verse was more about mm, like your experience in society. And then the second verse was more about your experience, like in academia and in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I correct with that? You got, I, yeah. I need to pull up the lyrics and look. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Let me, let me, hold on. I, don't <laughs> I just want to look at, um, let's see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, the first verse I, I wrote this down you wrote, um, it was like your metaphors with, um, the coffee and the creamer oh, and then yeah, like yeah. the video with the splicing. And it was, I loved those metaphors. And then in between it, like you would put these like actual thoughts, like not just the metaphor. Um, and so you said, um, you'll, uh, you'll spare us from looking deep within, uh, bring prejudice to awareness or bring prejudice to awareness. Yeah. And I was like, if I hadn't listened hard enough, I wouldn't have caught it, but I was like, what (laughs) like that's just like spliced in there between these like funny or playful metaphors yeah Um, okay i gotta i gotta pull it up now so yeah yeah. Yeah, i I mean like the i think it started off you know it it was those phrases of how people kind of you know like they exoticize blackness or um you know like hey man you got swag you know you're melodic you're hypnotic um, you know, like, and then I, I really like, you know, that whole, you know, coffee and creamer analogy. I mean, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's, you know, it's a fun way to say those things. And then, so I like, you know, I don't know if I meant to do that, but it's like you, you kind of given a lot of playful word, uh, word verbiage. And then it's like, okay, now I'm like, I'll spell it out just a little bit for you. Like, like you said, bring in prejudice to awareness, that type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then going to the academic and clinically part, um, there's one line where you said, um, just bring, bring a little of yourself, but not mm-hmm. enough. Um, and that's kind of, uh, as we were talking earlier, when Grant was talking about, you know, like what's, um, prompted you to actually share this with the world as opposed to just, you know, a few people or keep it to yourself. Yeah. From my perspective, I feel like you sharing the song kind of is a symbol of you bringing, you know, more than a, like more than just a little of yourself. <laughs> That's a good, 
that's that's really good. That was that's a that's a A plus hosting right there. <laughs> um, yes, yes, I I you know like none of these things was me like oh yeah I'm, this this is what I'm doing this is the master plan but yeah I guess I guess it is bringing starting to bring more than a little of myself and wanting to be a fully realized like person um and not just uh I don't know like not just I don't know this person who produces this this work and is a good colleague and doesn't actually talk about you know the things that are going on in the institution you know and doesn't and doesn't openly you know have a critical consciousness about um culture you know um and so i think that was that was the beginning of a major shift for me so uh yeah i think you you're you're what you're saying could be accurate yeah mm. i think i'll say a little bit more about that if you don't mind. go for it um i don't know i think also too i want to shout out like a lot of colleagues that were influences of my of me you know thinking more deeply you know um you know bronwyn landless and dr tony meadows dr mirasol norris um you know i you know, a lot of people, you know, influence me, uh, you know, going deeper. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I remember Dr. Meadows and he would always talk about Wilbur Quadrants and, you know, subjectivity, intersubjectivity and things like that. And um, uh, which is kind of a basic thing in certain in some uh, aspects of music therapy education, but it's not something that you know, I was taught from a very um, intentional place. And um, and so, you know, part, you know, I was kind of taught that, you know, we are objective, but, you know, we're person centered. And, um, you know, I came to understand that, you know, first of all, we're not objective, <laughs> you know, like you're teaching people that, you know, you're you don't have any bias while they clearly have a bias, you know? So, um, so, you know, and I think that is, is a normative type of environment and atmosphere that actually, I don't know, it kind of increases the marginalization of people of color. Um, because then if you're taught that as a person of color, you're taught not to view not to integrate like your culture into your work, not to integrate your cultural music into your work. And, and I think as music therapists, we, you know, like we already have this barrier of how we're taught the education and we don't like, you don't, you don't see a lot of black music taught from a black critical perspective or a cultural perspective. And then it's like, so it was like me trying to break out of all of this kind of a, objectivity, this kind of marginalization of, of culture and of cultural music and, uh, and and all these things at the same time. So, I, I, you know, I think that when I say academic in the clinic, your research come on and mimic this will, let's spin it when we talk about difference, you know, like, and then bring enough, bring a little of yourself, but not enough to be deeply felt like that. Like I'm talking about all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it um, it's funny because over over the past couple of years, um, I have started digging more into my heritage. Yeah. Um, I'm Filipino American, so my my parents immigrated from the Philippines before I was born. So I was born in America. Mm -hmm. um, so I was you know taught in English. I went to school like everything like. Um, so I, when we were in classes and like, I took multicultural classes and things like that, um, I felt like the international students had a lot more to bring culturally mm -hmm. than I mm -hmm. did. Um, and a lot more of themselves to bring, um, and yeah, just over the past couple of years, I've, 
I've realized, wait, no, I do have stuff to bring. I just have to like find it, you know, reclaim it and then like bring it out um, and share it, you know, once I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And so over, so this it's May and May is like American no, sorry, Asian, Asian American Pacific Heritage okay. Month. So okay. over the yeah, it is yeah. So over the weekend, I was uh, running a couple of sessions at a hospital, and one of the units I'm in is adolescent girls, and I decided, hey, you know what? Let me introduce them to some new music um, and talk a little bit about you know, like just Asian history. Um, But like, yeah, so I brought in um, 88 Rising and Rich Brian. So that's like more a mixture of like R&B, hip hop, rap. So music that um, over the past, you know, a couple of weeks I've learned that these uh, these clients tend to Mm -hmm. like. And before that, I, I was, they were like, wait, so you're Asian? And I'm like, yes, I am Asian. My parents are from Asia. And they're like, really? And one girl was like, what type of Asian? And another girl jokingly was like, she's vegan. Mm, <laughs> and I'm like, mm. that's not, that's <laughs> not, not like, not really that's not, that's not all. a type of Asian. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so it's just like funny how um, that was something that that was that was a situation that probably would have never happened to me before because I would have never brought this month up or like brought you know my heritage up. Mm-hmm. But once you start digging and bringing stuff out, um, yeah, it makes you a little bit more vulnerable, right? Than you would have been before yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i mean you also it makes you vulnerable i mean i don't know what it does for you though does it do you feel more you're owning your truth i feel like i'm discovering it okay yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and so i mean that's 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 real important Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So, I mean, I bring that up to say, like, with this song and, like, just you sharing it to, like, everybody was, like, really impactful to me, um, mm. even though I, like, I didn't really, like, know you in person at that point. Right. But I was like, oh, my gosh, here's this person, like, saying, you know, this is my location in this whole um, like with myself, with society yeah. and with race and culture and just like sharing it. It's like, here it is. And like, there's room for growth in that. And there's room for um, like growth for yourself, but also for everyone that encounters it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, shoot. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I put the song out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really I'm glad to hear uh, that you're discovering your own truth, and I can't wait to see more of. I mean, because I know you express a lot, and you have a lot of uh, creative ideas, so I can't wait to see what comes out of that. You know, mm, and maybe I'll do in a, uh, a self artistic was it artistic Critical, self artistic self I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like to do stuff and then people tell me what it is and then I learn more about it. I'm like, yeah, that's what, yeah, I'm going to publish it. It's going to be that. Yeah. It's like, it's great hearing this conversation, Gabby, because one of the things that came to my mind as you were talking and, you know, also just with what you're sharing, Hakeem, is for me personally, what I love the most about the whole just encompassing entire entity, whatever it is, however you want to define it, of music, is that mm-hmm. it's one of the few mediums that you can fully experience somebody else's humanity, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. how you choose to uh, like engage with it. So like you can 
either by creating how you receptively engage to it, like being in music with somebody as a way to experience that person's humanity. And I think as therapists, it's really important for us to also be able to have our humanity be experienced in therapeutic spaces as well. So like mm-hmm. we're expecting this from our clients, like we're expecting them to come to mm-hmm. us with these very vulnerable and, <laughs> you know, just they're coming to us with so much. And we're like, we're expecting them to like, just come to us and be able to engage in this very intense vulnerability. And for us to not be able to have some way of connecting and experiencing each other in humanness just seems really unfair to me as a clinician um mm. so being able to like have those spaces where we can just meet and be together just as just in our humanity together it's one of the most beautiful things about being in music yeah yeah that was beautiful Grant. That was beautiful. i think the idea af- this is what i thought after i created the song not before but i was like you know like well number one when I was in music therapy school for music therapy, you know, my professors didn't really make music with us or show us making music. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, they were they were a little they were a little seasoned, you know. So I mean, I, you know, they 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 they've earned their ability to not. Uh, so you know, we had like TAs and stuff, you know, that made music with us, not the professors. But you know, I just thought for me, like it's important to model, you know, making music for yourself, making music that I think is important for our students to know uh, the location, like culturally and critically uh, of me as a professor, like to have, to to understand my humanity, but not in a way that's like boundary crossing, you know, in a way that's mm-hmm. actually uh, can help them grow and reflect on their own humanity. So, um, you know, I think that, I think that's what something I thought about after the fact is that, you know, it, I think it almost gives them permission to, explore themselves deeply as well you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was actually something before the recording started i was talking with with grant and allison about um how yeah creating songs um that reflect where you're at like with your students um can be like a great tool for like supervision Mm, yeah Um, yeah like peer supervision but also like you know student and supervisor yeah and and for me i was mostly teaching like undergraduates at the time i think but i've i've taught you know i've done reflexivity work with graduates too but you know i think for undergraduates like when they're trying to discover particularly like their identity while also learning music therapy, like that takes on another, another layer, you know, because I don't think, I think when we teach undergraduates, you know, we are teaching them life stuff as well as music therapy stuff at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to chew on that. I mean, when like think about it, when you were in undergrad, weren't you like try, still trying to figure out like, who yeah. you were? No, even in grad school, <laughs> I was a mess in grad school. <laughs> <laughs> Again, because I mean, you're so right. I I think oh, most of my um, young adult growth happened while I was an undergraduate. You know, in in the music and all the experientials that we were doing and um. I think, you know, when you said, when you mentioned the prof- your professors who who didn't, you know, necessarily make music with you, um, I had to think about that too. And I was like, you know, mine didn't either. And it would have been really neat to experience them in more of that musical role. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. so much about someone just from sharing a song. And, and I do that with clients and, um, you know, trying to share uh, a part of myself, like you said, within boundaries. And um, I, yeah, it would have been really nice to have experienced that more 
Um, and I hope those, those things start shifting and, um, you know, that's, that's their right to say no to that, but also it would have been really, really nice to see that part of themselves. Um, but yeah, that's the beauty of our, of our field is that, um, we don't have to necessarily say anything for people to learn about us. Um, I, I've never met you, Hakeem, but it was a real privilege to be able to to listen to your story. Um, and the song was was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, making music as no, I was just I was just reflecting on what you said about making music with as as undergrads. Oh yeah, I think all right, my thought came to me. Um I think this is, I mean, this is good in general to all students, but I think also students of color, um, but particularly the way music therapy education has been taught in a lot of ways, like, you know, you always, we're all, you know, we know, you know, country roads and we know, like, the we know the Beatles and we know this, but like, there, like so many, I'm just talking about black people. So many black people have like, a special relationship with music and they don't get to understand that relationship as therapeutic in their programs, you know? And, um, and I, and that's something that I've been talking about with a lot of my black music therapy network colleagues is like, you know, like to combine, you know, this identity development with cultural awareness with, you know, that kind of artistic um, reflexivity um, with music, you know, I think that's actually a necessity for, I think for everybody, but especially like people of color, like like I think our identities tend to be like marginalized, maybe not on purpose, but like, I really think there needs to be that relationship to like the culture, the music of our culture as a part of our Mm -hmm. clinical training, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I was considering going into counseling while I was in grad school as well. So like I was going to try to do a dual degree um, and I ended up not doing it, but I did end up taking some counseling classes on the side just because I needed some electives, but also I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. And there was one professor in particular who like every class, um, he would not every class, but I mean, every class I took with him, he would always say, um, you have to do your own work before you can do the work with others. Um, so I've taken that Start, not just from like, you know, an uh, emotional, mental standpoint, but also um, trying to live that in like, yeah, a cultural standpoint in other areas of my life. Mm, yeah. Do, do, your own, yeah. do your own work. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, does that mean like you have to be in, you have to be in touch with who you, who you are? Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, and again, it's like, it's a process. So it's like, it's not like, all right, I know myself. I'm going to do therapy now. (laughs) Like, it's like, I mean, it's like, yeah, just knowing where you're at. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really big, you know, if I can kind of pivot from what you said, you know, as opposed to being taught, only this type of objectivity in therapy, like you're taught the intentional, you know, use of, and, and awareness of yourself within therapy. Like, so I think that's, that's, that's the message, right? It's like, no, we don't need to be this objective person that doesn't exist and, and say that, Oh, it's just the music. It's not just the music, right? It's we, our, we bring a lot to the therapy and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a lot of ways, including and culturally, you know, I think that's a, a main way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's what we're trying, you know, now 
that's what we're trying to get at as far as our education is concerned. Like, so, you know, I think that's where this, where this song, you know, this song was like a, a, I don't know, a seed in the ground. And then now it's like, okay, how can we start to integrate this and not to give a plug to, no, I'm just kidding. But we are, (laughs) but no, for real, we got, we have a new um, curriculum and one of the classes is called, critical consciousness and music experience and that you know it's gonna like the like this is what this song this song is critical consciousness right it's Mm -hmm. it's critiquing like society and institutions and it's in but it's done it's done in a in in a way that's expressive and so Mm -hmm. you know that we actually are gonna now we have a class starting fall that is gonna have this um and I'm actually trying to, I'm going to send this podcast to like the black students at the school because, and, and the students of color and the queer students, because, you know, I need more than, I love my music therapy students, but I need like people of different backgrounds and experiences in my culture class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and not just like who is traditionally in music therapy, you know? Yeah. And because and, yeah. this class is, is, not it's a music therapy major class, but it's also like open to everybody at the university. So I'm really trying to like get a bunch of people in there. Can know? I take it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, like with this new, uh, with the new world, the way it is, like mm-hmm. we don't even know how we're gonna teach these classes. Like they come out the the, the flex model where some people. Some people at the house and some people in the classroom. So I don't, I don't know. Who, maybe everybody can take the class. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, like, it, who knows who's going to take it? But I am very appreciative of the fact that there is a class like this that's now going to be taught and in a curriculum. Just mm-hmm. well, be Brent, you, you, all your classes are like this. So. <laughs> okay, but okay. Again, it's literally rock, but <laughs> um, yes, there there are, um, and this. I mean, I this is also just how my brain works sometimes, as we all know. But um, I, I just really, yeah. I'm I'm grateful that there is opportunities for this at a more like at the undergraduate level because there's so right. much we have to get into place so we can get students ready for internships and then within Mm -hmm. an internship you know if you're in one specific site you're not you're not able to be engaging with the wide variety of what music therapy can look like or what music therapy is in that sense it's a very specific depending on the location that you're at so it can be really difficult to even have these critical conversations like and have that critical consciousness just because you have a limited exposure to what is out there and what's available and right. being able to use something like music to show like how powerful that is as a tool to like reauthor your own narratives, like mm. just starting that as a undergraduate level. Um, and yes. just if it, if the seeds planted, then it's going to be a lot easier <laughs> to have those <laughs> conversations later in life um, as opposed to just, you know, being yeah. older and an adult and then being like, Oh, I need to, start thinking about these things Mm -hmm. yeah no i like i said i'm very excited for the things that are unfolding and i really just appreciate you taking the time and sharing the song and putting it out there and and just being willing to share this with so many people Mm -hmm. it yeah just just thank you thank you so much yeah well thank you yeah i appreciate that well hakeem we're really Again, reiterating what Grant said, really grateful Mm -hmm. to have you on. If people want to hear more from you, where where can they do that? Um. Well, you got your SoundCloud. Yeah, I got my SoundCloud. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess y'all might have a a link to that, maybe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. So we, you know. my colleague Natasha Thomas and I just put out a song last week. Uh, so we want to plug her black creative healing as well. But so, but yeah, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where I'll be sharing music and follow, Mm -hmm. you know, follow uh, Shenandoah music therapy 
um, on not that you have to go to that school, but <laughs> no, I, no, I'm just saying like we're doing like we've got some cool, exciting things happening. Nice. Um, so follow us on there. Um, yeah, and y'all can follow me on Facebook too. So yeah, mm. or friend me. I mean, whatever. <laughs> 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 which which uh, whichever works with that, and then on Twitter, and then on Twitter, like music music all men, right? So you know we're doing we're doing all. Oh, that's what that is. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, why are there two L's in musical? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is when Gmail was first coming out. You know, the, these young y'all, young people, y'all. You know, y'all don't remember when Gmail came out, but this is when it came out, and I was like, yeah, I need something creative. So that's why that. <laughs> Music All Man. All yeah. right. We will link that in the show notes. All right. All right. Um, Grant, Allison, anything else you need to say? Just thank you. It was awesome getting to virtually meet you and yeah. <laughs> hope to like actually meet you in person someday. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be real good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know, you know, who knows? I mean, I know I'd love to make some music with Grant, with Gabby. Alice, I don't know if you make music, but uh, I like to write songs and do music and do creative processes. So when we get some time, if y'all, I don't know. I don't know what will percolate. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah Allison's great at songwriting, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, she lives in Nashville. Come on now. <laughs> that is a good point. And she just moved there, so she might have moved for, to get a career going, you know? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to round out this episode. Uh, if you'd like to support us, um, you can do so uh, by following us on Instagram um or on facebook we also just started a facebook discussion group so it's clinical populations discussion group and then if you'd like to support us financially we have our patreon and by supporting us you get um pre-released the uh, pre-released episodes you get bloopers you sometimes you get some gear um so you can do so at patreon.com slash clinical populations and then if also you'd like to just go ahead and get some gear yourself you can go to clinical populations at nope sorry <laughs> you can go to clinical populations.threadless.com and i think that's all we have so we're gonna say goodbye and leave you with Nice Negro by Hakeem Leonard. All right, bye everyone. Bye. bye. Nice Negro, you're welcome in this place. We've gotta have the right one. What a diverse space Nice Negro You make me feel safe Not like those other ones You've got such a friendly face I see your exotic melodic Yo, I feel safe and hypnotic I like my coffee with cream So drop some of that dollop What's unspoken is how As a nice Negro you spare us From looking deep Bring prejudice to awareness I got friends, they not looked at as that Negro nice Their blackness is a weapon Their actions are a vice It's like we splice old mindsets With fresh vignettes Stories still consist of people of color Being vet as outsiders As others, ain't no tapestry of colors It's a liquid reduction A process of deduction And of course in this milking pot There's knots and odds Be a nice Negro Somebody worthy of this plot as it thickens, it's formulaic Whiteness, our rightness, the merit and the fit They depend on your politeness It's still a myth, cause that nice Negro is an exception To a unwritten rule of our cultural condition 
nicely grown You're welcome in this place We've gotta have the right ones What a diverse space Nicely grown You make me feel safe Not like those other ones You've got such a friendly face Nicely grown Nicely grown Nicely grown Nicely grown We initially thought you might be Big, black, and scary, but you ain't none of that Quite to the contrary, you're one of us Even better, give a nice Negro If we become fast friends, my prejudice on zero You're a hero to your race, unicorn, unique case You're the evidence that we got diversity in this place If we have a culture problem, let's find a solution As long as we agree, then we'll have our absolution Academic, in the clinic, your research, come on and mimic This will Let's spin it when we talk about difference I don't see color, that's my championship belt Bring a little of yourself but not enough to be deeply felt Those other minorities, they just weren't the right ones They didn't seem to fit, but we got some more funds We'll throw some money at it, but we'll still stay static Maybe slightly to move the needle if we find the right Negro Nice Negro You're welcome in this place We've gotta have the right ones What a diverse space Nicely grown You make me feel safe Not like those other ones You've got such a friendly face Nicely grown Nicely grown Nicely grown Nicely grown